Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 326 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 today, and our focus is on lazy people shouldn't eat, plus who is the Antichrist or who is the man of lawlessness. So thanks for joining us. Our goal is to get as many people as possible involved in the act of reading and listening to the Word of God daily, thinking about it, obeying it, and living it out. We do have a website you can check out. It's Bible2021.com. That's B-I-B-L-E-2021.com. Well, the church should care for everybody, right? Generally speaking, I think the answer to that is yes, but there are some qualifiers in the Bible, and today we arrive at one of those important qualifiers in 2 Thessalonians 3, and I'm going to read a big chunk starting in verse 6. Paul writes, Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are among you some who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. Though idleness is such a serious thing here that Paul commands Christians to keep away from people who are idle. And when I read a passage like this, I immediately become pretty curious about the important words, which in this particular case is idle. What is the Greek word here that's being translated as idle, and what kind of meaning does it have? Well, it turns out the word's kind of interesting, and it simply, on the surface at least, means disordered or out of ranks, like a soldier not marching in the kind of rank he's supposed to be marching in. And according to some ancient discussions of workers and contractual obligations that aren't in the Bible, the word can also have the meaning of sponging or freeloading when it is used in a similar context to what Paul is using here. And that appears to be just what he's warning about. People who are not willing to work, but are seeking support or a handout. And so Paul tells the church in general not to support or feed those people who are idle or disorderly or kind of freeloading. Instead, Paul commands those people to work quietly and provide for themselves. And he lays down a rule, and it's a pretty important one. Everybody who wants to eat should work. Systems and communities that favor those unwilling to contribute with free food and other benefits are just simply not biblical. Everybody should work. Now, this doesn't mean like a nine-to-five professional job where you punch a time clock or earn a salary or something like that. Working can mean something like what Paul and his companions did. They were sort of entrepreneurs who did side jobs like uh, tent making and things like that. That's work. That counts. Uh, It doesn't mean you have to have a steady job uh, with 40 hours a week and benefits and all that kind of stuff or a professional kind of situation that is impressive, but it does mean that all should endeavor to work and not be idle, and the church should take care of those who are engaged in beneficial labor of some sort, but not able to make ends meet. 
Well, let's talk a little bit more about the man of lawlessness, which is more of a spillover from yesterday's chapter, but I promised we'd talk about it a little bit today. Who in the world is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 referring to? Many guesses have been made over the years as to who this individual might be. For instance, Hitler, Napoleon, Nero, or in fiction, Nikolai Carpathia. Thus far, all of those guesses have been mostly wrong. And I say mostly wrong because John does tell us in 1 John 2.18 that there are going to be many antichrists. And I believe there is a parallel between the man of lawlessness and the Antichrist. So the people like Napoleon or Nero or Hitler may not have been the men of lawlessness that Second Thessalonians 2 is referring to, but they may be a man of lawlessness or at least a Antichrist. So let's go to theologian Wayne Grudem for a little bit more on this uh, character called the man of lawlessness or Antichrist. Dr. Grudem says, Many attempts have been made throughout history to identify the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist with historical figures who had great authority and brought havoc and devastation among people on the earth. The ancient Roman emperors Nero and Domitian, both of whom severely persecuted Christians, were thought by many to be the Antichrist. Many Roman emperors, including those two, claimed deity for themselves and demanded to be worshipped. More recent times, Adolf Hitler was commonly thought to be the Antichrist, as was Joseph Stalin. And on the other hand, many Protestants since the Reformation, especially those who were persecuted by the Catholic Church, have thought that one or another of the popes was the Antichrist. But all of these identifications have proved false, and it is likely that a yet worse man of lawlessness will arise on the world scene and bring unparalleled suffering and persecution only to be destroyed by Jesus when he comes again. But the evil perpetrated by many of these other rulers has been so great that, at least while they were in power, it would be difficult to be certain that the man of lawlessness, mentioned in 2 Thessalonians 2, has not yet appeared. In other words, We can't really blame the believers living in the days of Domitian or Nero or Hitler or Stalin or whatever from thinking, hey, is this the man of lawlessness? Because they perpetuated so much evil that it makes you wonder. Well, I agree with Grudem in linking the man of lawlessness with the Antichrist. There's a good bit amount of debate on that whole topic. And uh, I kind of want to take a middle course and avoid, you know, kind of going too far to the right or to the left. Uh, So let's talk about exactly who is the man of lawlessness or Antichrist. And I will say, I don't know. He will be powerful. He will be a man of guile and intelligence. He will have great power and an ability to deceive. And it appears that not only will he have great, like, human power, but that he will be empowered or possessed by Satan and will have the ability to stand against the archangel Michael somehow, some way in terms of power. He will wage war on the true followers of Jesus, the saints, and he will have great success, at least for a time in that war. So how can we save ourselves from that dire situation? And the humbling and scary answer is we can't. His power will basically dwarf our power. We don't have the power to stand up against the enemies that are going to appear on the scene in the last days. But that doesn't mean all hope is lost because we don't get by as Christians on our power anyway. Those who are in Christ saved by grace through faith, having believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord and uh, that God raised him from the dead and have confessed and professed those things with their words, True Christians will be delivered and saved by God and by the coming of Jesus. 
ultimate deliverance will come from the Ancient of Days and His power. But we are not without weapons of our own warfare, so to speak, which are mighty in God, says Paul, to the pulling down of strongholds. And among these weapons is the fact that true followers of Jesus are washed in His sacrifice on the cross. And thus the enemy has no hold on us or no ability to eternally wound us. We also have the earth-shaking power of our testimony and the proclamation of the good news. We read in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, about the end times church standing up to the enemies of God. And it says this, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Look to Jesus, dear friends, and be saved. All the earth and rest in his salvation, his power, and his soon return, in which all who have trusted in him will not be put to shame, but will be delivered and redeemed forever. Let's read our passage, which is Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct our hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance." Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him an enemy, but warn him as a brother. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand, which is the authenticating mark in every letter. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Well, let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of November, which is John 14, 6. Let's read it together and say it together. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.